Penny. Hey, Nancy. Welcome to episode 38 of the Front Porch Book Club. The Front Porch Book Club is a podcast that meets twice a month. We like to dig deep into the relationship between characters and the worlds they live in. Grab your book and iced tea and join us on the Front Porch. Hey, Lenny. Big news. Yes. We're now on YouTube. <laughs> A number of our listeners have said, you really need to get on YouTube. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just easier to find. And there's a whole bunch of people that put their podcasts on YouTube. So I did not know this, but you were able to figure it out. And now we're on YouTube. So everyone can hit, hit us that way as well on their smart TVs. And that's the thing. Like you can click it on in your living room on your smart TV and then go make your supper. Very simple. Knit, crochet, do what you do. It never dawned on me that people would listen to a podcast on YouTube, but apparently people do enjoy doing that. So now there we are for them. Yeah. And our channel is Front Porch Book Club. Should be easy enough to find. <laughs> and we have a whole new graphic for the YouTube channel that we went through a couple versions of until we settled on it. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun putting that together. I hope people like it. Mm -hmm. It should be easily recognizable. Today, we are interviewing Jess Hess about The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And Jess is a behavioral consultant working with children with mental health diagnoses. She's a lover of books, travels, Jeeps, and as you'll hear, anything Middle Earth and Harry Potter. She loves the great outdoors and theater. And the big news for Jess, she recently got engaged to her soulmate and they're planning a 2024 wedding. So you know Jess pretty well, don't you, Lenny? Yes, I work with Jess. And we have discussed the podcast. She strongly encouraged us to pick up this book and read it and do it for our podcast. So we had to have <laughs> Just has a part of the second podcast on this book because she's a big fan. Since she's a behavioral consultant, I'm really interested in her thoughts about the behaviors of some of the characters. She really brings a different perspective than either you or I do. Yeah. And that's going to be evident throughout this podcast. Mm hmm how you saw this book, what I thought of Addie, what she takes about Addie, how we all viewed Luke and his relationship with her yeah. is all very different. For just a note, we're going to be talking about all aspects of this book. So if you don't know the story and you want to read it and you don't want to know all aspects of it, turn us off, turn us on when you're ready to listen, because we probably are going to give some spoilers that you might want not to know about if you're reading the book. <laughs> and we're also going to have a brief discussion about the sexuality of the characters in the book. So if that's something you're also not interested in hearing about, turn us off now. Okay, Nance. Well, let's get started with Jess. Great. Hey, Jess, welcome to the front porch. Thanks for having me. Well, we're so happy to have you. Welcome, Jess. I am so excited to meet you. Linda mentioned that you recommended The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue several times to her and suggested that we discuss it on the front porch. So my first question for you is, 
Why did you recommend this book? It was an excellent read. From the first page really grabbed my attention. I just love the idea of the heroine. I picture her as a heroine. I mean, she saved Henry's life at the end of the book. And it's just nice to have a reverse story where the female is the heroine and she saves the man at the end of the story. It just spans so much time and it's just beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, that three decades span is just incredible, really being able to experience history over that period of time. Mm -hmm. Do you typically enjoy fantasy? Yes. So I'm a lover of Middle Earth and Harry Potter. Those are two of my favorite fandoms. So this paired nicely with my interest. Mm Mm-hmm. But usually I love series, and this was a standalone book. And from what I've read, the author has no intention of writing a sequel. So at the end of the story, we don't really know what's going to happen to Addie, but I have hopes and dreams that she's out there somewhere and she's doing good work. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And the book kind of leaves you with the feeling that she is a real character since Henry writes a book about his experience Mm -hmm. with Addie and all of the history that she told him, which is a fun twist. Yes. I know she's fictitious, but in my mind, I believe she's out there somewhere. So I hope at some point I may see her in a painting at an art museum, or she may show up in like a sculpture somewhere or like a photograph or something like that. Oh my goodness, Jess, your take on this book is just so different than mine. Yeah. Already just talking to you about this, it's just so incredibly a different experience for you. I don't know what that says about the author. I thought the book was rather tragic and you saw this heroine. It's just amazing. Your perspective is so different. Yes. I feel like Addie had to do what she had to do to save Henry. And that part was very tragic, but there's some hope at the end. She's out there living her eternal life doing her thing and driving Luke mad. And hopefully at some point in time, they'll split and that relationship will be gone and she'll be able to, I I don't know where she's going to go, but I hope it's somewhere where she wants to go eventually. (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. Well, we talked at our first episode a lot between Addie and Luke. Mm-hmm. He's sort of the devil or a demon. Mm-hmm. But for centuries, he's the only person who remembers her. And there's something about her resiliency and smarts that he seems to admire. I took Addie as being naive, that she is tolerant of his lying and his manipulation and his evil, like stealing people's souls and actually making her life very challenging. He even says, Do not mistake any of this for kindness. Adeline, I simply want to be the one who breaks you. At one point, she lives with him in New Orleans for like 30 years or something. What did you think of this relationship? I do believe she was naive, but at the same time, when you think about it, Luke is the only person who knows who she is for that period of time. So you live hundreds of years with nobody knowing who you are or remembering who you are. Humans crave relationships and they crave to be with people. So even though he's manipulative, I feel like she reaches out to him and they develop that relationship because she needs that. She needs somebody to love her, to remember her and to be able to like, just even have a conversation. It's it's definitely challenging if you meet somebody They turn around, they turn back around, and they have no idea who you are. 
I see it coming from that perspective. I feel like she is just looking for somebody to be with and to have a conversation with and for somebody to remember her and to have somewhat of a relationship, even if it's not a healthy one. Okay. You can see some of the lust and attraction as you read the story, and then you can see it as he manipulates her and has he's mean to her. I remember at one point in the story, he shows her Beethoven getting his soul and like coming for him. Yeah. You would think that she would not want to be with somebody like that. But again, I think it's the loneliness that really drives her to be in that relationship for those 30 years. So one of your comments early on was that you hope that Addie lives on and that she can break the second deal that she makes with Luke. And that is that he'll grow tired of her and let her go. So when you read the book, did you think that she had a way of doing that? Yes, I think long term, eventually she will do that because I do see her getting stronger as the story progresses. She was a naive teenager when she made that deal in the beginning of the story. And you can really see her develop strength and determination as the book continues. And I really do believe she has that determination to break that second curse. And I think Luke is also stubborn. So I think he's going to hang on for a very long time. I think eventually, I think he will tire of the game and I think he will let her go eventually. Hmm. Do you think that there's a meta message here that we can outsmart our demons? Yes, very much so. I do believe that. And I definitely got that at the end of the story when I read it. Glinda saw it as more um, tragic. I see it as more hopeful. Yeah. And that idea of growth and resilience and starting to get the upper hand. And it might take 300 years, but it's possible. Most definitely. So you really see her as a heroine. What did you look up to about her? Definitely her her determination. I feel like if I was in her shoes, I would have been done after the first year. Mm -hmm. The descriptions of her going into taverns and being thrown out, having to steal and manipulate her way through life. One of the most heartbreaking things that I read was when the curse first happened and she went to her friend's house and her friend had a little baby and she was holding the baby and her friend went into the kitchen and she comes back in and she's terrified because to her, Addie was this stranger in this room holding her baby and she's like, you need to get out. What are you doing here? I mean, I just can't imagine being in that situation. But she was determined and she she was like, I'm going to go to Paris. And then from Paris, I'm going to go to London. And London, I went to the States. She just had this determination that I really admired and I really looked up to because I would have faltered, I think, within the first week. I would have been like, take me now. I don't even know if I can do this. <laughs> yeah, because I want food in a bed and I don't have those things. <laughs> Exactly. And we talked a lot about her resiliency and her grit. Those were really standout traits Mm -hmm. that she had to develop pretty quickly. She really didn't have those because she was very sheltered, but boy, she got them pretty quickly and learned how to survive. Yeah, it's definitely that fight or flight response. And she definitely had to overcome a lot of obstacles and learn very quickly how to survive without developing those relationships and without having people remember who she is. At one point, she went to a tavern. The lady showed her to her room, and she was able to sleep there that night. But that morning, they didn't know who she was, and they threw her out. The fighter in her is the other really great word to describe Addie. 
Yes, most definitely. But the author really foreshadows some of that because we do meet Addie as a little, little girl, and she's already very artistic. She wants to go to the larger town with her father where he sells his wares, and she is someone who has a lust for life and wants to explore the world. I think the author really sets up Addie as a very compelling character that she has this interest and love of life and she doesn't have the skills, but she'll learn those. Yeah, I love the descriptions that the author wrote. And I think that's another reason why I connect with her so well is because she loves an adventure. She really enjoys going to the market with her dad. She has that really close relationship with her dad. Like she carried that ring with her. I think, I believe she still has it at the end of the story. Yeah. That's another reason why I connect with her so well. Her love of travel, her love of adventure and her closeness with her father. In a lot of ways, I liked Henry and his character more than Addie. Why? I didn't see him as tragic. He's got friends. He's got a family. He's living in New York City. He's deeply depressed. He isn't living his best life. Okay, so he makes his deal. And his deal is that people are going to love him. They're going to see in him what they want to see in him that is likable. So he is tragic in a way because people aren't really loving him for who he is. They're seeing an image of what they need him to be to love him. So when Addie comes along, she's seeing what she needs to see in him. And they do have this love story together. Henry, however, finds out his agreement with Luke is very lonely because people aren't really loving him for who he is. In some ways, he's living a very isolated life like Addie. So Jess, what do you think about that theme of Henry's curse of being loved by everyone, but not for who he is? Yeah, I see that as very tragic. You can't develop true relationships either if somebody doesn't really see who you are as a person either. They're seeing who they want Henry to be, the positives, the the likableness, just the best pieces of him. So they're not getting the full Henry. I think they're both very lonely curses. And I, I feel like that's why they get along and they connect so well. At the end, he's kind of like, hmm, maybe a year wasn't very long. Oh, yeah. And I want to continue to live because I like Addie. But one of the things that's very different is Addie does have this strength, this grit, this determination, the fight in her, whereas Henry is at the point of making this deal with Luke, basically giving up on life. Mm -hmm. So he develops through his relationship with Addie a spirit of a little bit of determination, grit, like I want to hang on a little bit longer. What do you think Addie gets from her relationship with Henry? If Henry gets some grit and determination from Addie, what does Henry give to Addie, do you think, in their relationship? I think being remembered. I know it's it's a very simple answer, but I mean, I... I I think Addie is longing for that, and I think she wants that. And by Henry just having being able to 
remember her on just a minute to minute basis. I think she really strives for that. But I think also Henry gives her just a sense of belonging, um, which I don't think she really had for a very long time. He's able to provide her with that. She ends up staying in his apartment and like having meals with him and participating in everyday life, which she really didn't have. I mean, she was a scavenger. Yeah. Um, she didn't have a home. Yes, New York City was her base you know, in present time. But she didn't have a physical place to stay. She bounced around from apartment to apartment from people that she knew. She would go to stores and and steal clothes. Um, She didn't have money. She didn't have a job. She couldn't have these things because nobody could remember her. So I think he really gave her a sense of home and a sense of belonging. And I think that's what she really got from Henry. I think he also helped her move outside the solitude of her life. And as a young person, you're typically pretty egocentric. You really are mostly caring about your experience in the world, what's going on in your life. But she is willing to sacrifice the little bit of freedom she has, if you can call it freedom, because of him. So she reaches outside of herself to give another person something to the detriment of her own life. Yeah, and I think that really shows too and at the very end of the book when she makes her second deal with Luke yeah. to allow Henry to live. She chains herself to him basically at the end so that Henry can survive. You definitely see that at the end of the story. Well, I guess that is growth then for her too. Mm-hmm. At the end of the book, she is growing to be more of a selfless person taking care of someone else. Whereas before those were more challenging because she didn't really know anyone for a longer period of time. I thought one of the really interesting parts of this book was the casual bisexuality of some of the characters. The sexuality of the characters was not the thing about the characters. That wasn't their defining characteristic. It just happened to be a part of who those characters were and how they moved through the world. I also thought that book dealt in similar, very sensitive ways about clinical depression. What was your thought about the sexuality of the characters, the depression, some of those issues? What did you think? Right. So I read a lot of teen fiction as well. So there is a lot of talk, especially with newer books. Sure. With the LGBTQ plus communities. Right. I actually forgot about it until you mentioned it. So that was really interesting, especially because some of that happened in earlier times in the story. And it was just written so casually. It was nice to see it so just written like that and not being a big deal and not being the defining feature of a lot of the characters, which when you read a lot of LGBTQ plus books, especially in teen fiction, that's like the big part of who they are. Right. So it's nice just to see it mentioned so casually and just being a piece of who they are, but not their defining feature. Yeah. And it was not traumatic for none of these characters. Was there any trauma or confusion around? It was just who they were. Yeah. They weren't even really experimenting with sexuality. It was just like, I enjoy this person and this is the direction I want to be in right now. And, you know, this is who I am. What did you think about the depiction of Henry's depression? Yeah, so when I was reading it, I did see it as very clinically depressed. It's nice to see mental illness being addressed in popular fiction. So people get a really good understanding of what that can look like in everyday life and how it affects just everyday people. 
it was nice to see that as well. I also saw Addie's relationship with Luke almost as a domestic violence relationship because he is very manipulative and she keeps going back to him. Like he basically manipulates his her entire life. He takes away all her relationships. He makes her still feel pain even though she can live for infinity. As the years progress and she just keeps going back to him over and over and over again. And you just ask yourself, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you having this relationship with him? Why are you attracted to him? And we ask women that all the time that are in these domestic violent relationships. And I really saw that in Addie and Luke as well. That's really interesting to think about that. Any of us can have unhealthy relationships with people in our lives, Mm -hmm. but going back, it's very hard to break that cycle. Yeah. I think she's developing that grit and determination to break that. I think she eventually sees who the devil is and what he can do. My hope is for Addie that she continues to develop that grit and determination to be able to break that curse and to be able to drive him mad enough that he's just like, okay, I'm done playing this game. I can't do it anymore. Like you're free to basically go. I really loved V.E. Schwab's writing and the way that she was able to paint this world and paint the interior lives of these characters that you just are catapulted into an experience, of course, none of us will ever have. So I do have a quote just as an example that I thought just captured the artistry of her writing. So she writes, March is a fickle month. It is the seam between winter and spring, though seam suggests an even hem and March is more like a rough line of stitches sewn by an unsteady hand, swinging wildly between January gusts and June greens. You don't know what you'll find until you step outside. I mean, that's just beautiful. Her writing is beautiful. I haven't read anything else by her yet, but her books are sitting on my bookshelf, and I'm, I'm super excited to dig in. Just thinking about Addie and how she had to write that character because she spends so much time in solitude and you spend so much time in her mind, just the way she portrays her and develops her perspective is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you really do feel like you're getting to know her. Okay, so I have one other quote that I just love that I'm going to read too. We're meeting Addie as a little girl. She has accompanied her father to the market in the larger town, a day's drive from their village, And this is the first time she's ever left their own little village, Vion. After the trip, Schwab writes, And by the time they return home to Vion, she will already be a different version of herself. A room with the windows all thrown wide, eager to let in the fresh air, the sunlight, the spring. What? That's gorgeous. It is beautiful. It is. And I actually thought that that was beautifully written when I read that. Wow. How many times have we had an experience and when we return home, we're a different person 
than when we left. I think that that's a theme we can all identify with. Yes. And actually, to piggyback up on that, I wrote a paper as an undergrad in college about visiting different cultures. And then when you return, what that does to you and how it changes your perspective on life. So I think maybe that's another reason why the book speaks to me so much. (laughs) Just like when you travel abroad or when you experience something new in a different culture, you bring that back home with you and it kind of meshes you and changes you and I don't know, it just makes you different, makes you a different person. And I see that with Addie, with all the different traveling that she does and in the life that she leads, like she has all of these experiences and it continues to shape her into a different person with each step that she goes through. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think the symbolism was with the ring that her father gave her as a little girl that she was unable to lose. It always reappeared. Like there were sometimes she tried to leave Mm -hmm. it behind, but it always reappeared. It would be in a new pocket. What did that mean to you when you were reading that? So I saw it more as a reminder of home for her, just a reminder of a place where she came from. And I think I think the devil had something to do with that because she did try to lose it multiple times, especially when she would get angry. I think at one point she threw it and it, it just like rolled back to her. And I think it's just, hey, this is where you came from. This is where you're from. This can all be over if you just tell me and I can can have your soul, then you can rest peacefully now. But I do think he uses it as like a reminder for her. Mm-hmm. And I think too, it's a reminder of the life she used to have when she had relationships and she was remembered. So I think it acts as that reminder as well. Yeah. What are you planning on reading next? Oh my. I have... What are you currently reading that you love? When I first read Addie LaRue, <laughs> I had terrible book hangover. I couldn't get into anything. I just... I just couldn't. Like, I was so attached to this book. Yeah. It was just a beautiful story. And anything that I started to read, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. So right now, I just finished Mindy Kaling's book, which was really fun. It was a fun read. Yes. What was the name of that book, Jess? Is Everybody Hanging Out Without Me? It's something like that. (laughs) So I love her and I love The Office. So that was a fun read. But next I might get into, since we've had this conversation, I may get into another book by V.E. Schwab. I think I have Galvant, which is a teen fiction book that she wrote. So I think I'm going to read that next. And I think I read that she writes a lot of series too, Mm -hmm. which would be fun. Yes, most definitely. Like I said, I have all her books actually over there on my bookshelf. I haven't picked any any more up yet, but I think after this podcast, I'm definitely going to pick up another book by her. Just Her writing is just phenomenal. <laughs> I love it. I know you're a huge Broadway fan. What's the next yes. Broadway show you're going to go to? So actually, I just saw Into the Woods two weeks ago. Oh, did which you? Was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So that was beautiful. Um, I just saw Stranger Loop as well, which won the 2022 Tony. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so much good stuff right now, but I've seen a lot. So it's really hard to pick because I've seen a lot that's already on. I think we're going to try to go see Merrily We Roll Along. Um, tickets go on sale the 21st of September. It's in a very small theater off Broadway. Mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe is going to be in it along with Jonathan Groff. Nice. Yeah, really looking forward to hopefully being able to see that. Excellent. You might find that you have a stowaway in Linda with you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking, just there you go again. For us to get Broadway or even opera, it's a trip to New York, which is an adventure of itself every time you go. There's just so much to do and so much fun to be had. Yeah, It is an adventure. 
Yeah, most definitely. And just to bring it back to Addy, like New York is a very big city, but you learn to develop your own communities within New York City. So you have Mm -hmm. your spaces that you're familiar with and you tend to go to frequently. So the city doesn't seem as big as what it actually is. And I think Addy does that a lot in the cities in which she visited. Mm -hmm. And then she loves to find the little secret hidden places as well. Which I love. You do too, Jess. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because I see that there's like this cookie place that you go to a lot. Not to plug it, but it's called Schmackeries and it is delicious. They have the best <laughs> cookies. They make these huge cookies and they are delicious and they make really good cereal treats too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember where in New York they are? It is on West 45th Street, which is in between, I believe it's 9th and 10th Avenue. So it sits like on the corner of 9th Avenue on 45th Street. Not a hard place to find. No, not at all. And it's like right off the Times Square area. It's right down from like where Moulin Rouge plays, just another block or two down that way. And it's very small bakery, but delicious cookies. Definitely worth the walk. Okay. We'll put a link mm. into our show notes yes. for yeah. everyone to easily find. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Nancy, we were really close to there too when we went to New we were. York. Yeah. <laughs> we could have hit that place. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been super fun. I love hearing your perspective on this book because it's really a little different perspective than Linda had and different than I had. We all have really seen different aspects of this book and taken away different themes from the book, Mm -hmm. which is a sign of very rich writing, I think, and rich storytelling. Most definitely. And I just love the book so much. I think I've recommended it to every person that I know that reads in my life. Love it. To Kill a Mockingbird has always been my favorite book, but this one is definitely right up there with that one for me anyway, personally. That's how much I loved it. Yeah. Well, it comes strongly recommended and you are a book person, Jess. So that speaks highly of the book, I think. I'm really glad that you recommended it for our book club. Yes. I thought it was a great book too. And it was a pondering book. And in some ways, the book does kind of rub off on you and maybe change your perspective a little Mm -hmm. bit too. Mm -hmm. But thank you, Jess, for joining us. Very interesting time to get together with you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this a lot. Me too. Nice to meet you. Thank you. (laughs) Take care, Jess. Bye. Bye. There's Jess and her very different take on the book. Mm -hmm. Just another dimension of Addie, another dimension of Luke, and the amazing amount of hope (laughs) that she saw for Addie, which was not a part of what I was thinking of when I was reading the book. Yeah, I love her various interpretations of the characters and what they were sort of like metaphors for. I'm going to think about her thinking about the relationship between Luke and Addie as a domestic violence relationship for a while. I thought that was really interesting. Right. I did see the relationship as codependent, unhealthy, very troublesome to me. But she used the word domestic violence. And in that way, I think the powerlessness and that he just toyed with her the whole time. Yeah. Just like a cat and a mouse. He just toyed with her, which really bothered me. But just took a lot of hope. She did. She connected with that character on so many different levels than I did. She saw her love for travel and adventure and 
saw her growing as a person and things like that. My eyes really weren't on that part of the story. Yeah, that was so fun. Just getting her opinion. I I just loved meeting her also. What a fun person you work with. You work with a lot of fun people, Linda. I know. And they're all really kind. That's why I like my coworkers. All very kind people, interesting people, very friendly and insightful as well. Plus, she's really fun. (laughs) Who doesn't like working with fun people? Absolutely. (laughs) Who like cookies. I mean, come on now. And like books and cats. Books, cats, cookies. There's nothing bad there. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Our website is frontporchbookclub.com. Stop on by and see what's up. And you can see us on YouTube, which is so exciting. Yes. <laughs> so our episodes come out twice a month, the first and third Wednesdays of each month. Can't wait to see you next time. Okay. Well, you have a great day and I will see you the next time as well. Sounds great. Take care, Nance. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.